0: Brianna.
1: Oh, um, yep. Just Dr. Edward Vincent, you were on mute, but I think, I think she said yes. That's yes. okay.
0: I was saying, yes, we can, we can, um, work with Miss Bowen to have her available for next week. Thank you very much. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Uh, Do we have any old business? I don't believe so. Number nine communications. And number- 10, we have um, new business number one, go to the order offered by Melanie McLaughlin.
2: Thank you. This was um, a proposal uh, and a agenda item that we had put forward a few months ago that we had uh, supported as a whole. Um, Generally school committee is, you know, required to do self-evaluation and to sort of look at ourselves and um, do some analysis of how we're doing as a committee um you know what kind of feedback we're getting as a whole um we do need to do an evaluation which i would like to see you know certainly um i think by december um for ourselves i don't think they've been done in the past but i'll defer to folks who have been here longer um just again to see how effectively we're working i mean i think that I know that this has been a really um, strange year and things have been really out of the ordinary and I'm new to this role, uh, but I do find that eight and 10 hour meetings don't always feel like they're the most effective um, uh, way of working. I know that if I was working in a company and we were having eight hour meetings, it would be um, a bit crazy and people would not sustain that level. And I know that, you know, we're all dealing with uh, a bunch of things and we don't get to meet except for, you know, twice a month. Anyway, the good of the order is uh, what we decided was gonna be at the beginning of the month on our agenda, where we as a committee, school committee could reflect on what's working, what isn't working and how we might work more efficiently, more effectively as a team. So that's what this item is.
1: Thank you.
2: So I guess to my colleague there on this agenda item to sort of suggest what they think needs to be looked at or not at this point and uh, they would like to address the good of the order whether it is um, are we doing an evaluation how are we holding ourselves responsible and accountable to the public to assess how we're doing as a group
1: maybe we can all think about take a little time and think about that i've never our evaluation comes election day, but we can all, if, if no comments are, um,
2: well, it's a part of parliamentary procedure from Robert's rules of order. It's just a, it's just a way to, you know, make sure that the group is working effectively and efficiently. And we did vote to have this, um, once a month. And so, um, it's again, you know, also recommended through Robert's rules of order that we do some evaluation. I think as we're seeing these bodies working in our city and, um, some of the dysfunction, frankly, um, certainly, that I've been witnessing. Um, I don't know about the rest of the community. I'd like to have some some protocol around how we're how we're assessing, how we're working together, and whether it's effective and efficient. So
3: that's what this. Member Rousseau. Yes. Um, can you hear me? Okay. I switched to different headphones. Thank you. Um, yeah. I guess I would just you know um, in in the spirit of this one. I mean, I would I would just suggest that we consider. Uh, how as members we encourage participation. Um, you know, the, you know the, we are not full-time legislators with a legislative staff like you would have at a statehouse or in Congress. Uh, so when we encourage the public to communicate to us, and what I mean by that is to send us a 100, you know, seven-page emails to all of us individually. Um, and uh, we are Encouraging it sometimes. I sometimes hear us say these things, even in the meetings, that you know, email us all. Um, I I think that you know, it, it's it's not very respectful of people who have jobs and families to expect us to also find another forty hours in the week. Uh, I'm not complaining about the amount of work. I'm saying, do we really want to encourage the public to every time that they have something they want to say? To think that the only way to say that is to write us each a small novella, when in fact they could come on this meeting, and they could speak for a couple of minutes and actually have a dialogue with us. Um, and so I, I think that you know we we encouraging public participation is really important. Um, I think that there are ways to do it that don't. Um, make us all have to quit our day jobs just to try and get back to emails. I have 186 unresponded to emails in my school committee account. Um, They're all important and, you know, I would say I'm gonna get to them, but the pandemic means that (laughs) there's gonna be another 100 but before the next week is up. But, um, you know, unlike a lot of other jobs and the city council is in the same boat, we don't have legislative staff. Like literally every other kind of legislative position in this country at least where we have a person each of us would be assigned a person who would be paid who could respond to emails and, and you know do that kind of work. Um, so I, I just would encourage members to not default to well email the whole committee up uh, you know and then uh, that just drives the, the workload way up. and you know when I think about the workload that as members I hope we do, is when we have a topic or an issue is we're reading the research, we're reading you know, the, the papers that would provide us with information so we would be able to pro- actually reach a, a good conclusion in our deliberations. But it's hard to get to those if we spend the whole week just replying to the same email from 50 different people. Um, so that, that's just my commentary on how we might be able to do things better Thank, thank you
2: the uh, point of clarification I appreciate that I just also feel like again being a new school committee member I mean we definitely got thrown into the fire with a global pandemic and school shutting down but also just like there you know normally the onboarding that would I would assume would take place um, we didn't really have a lot of or the sort of um, uh, you know professional development or orientation or that sort of thing that, again, I would assume we not really have a lot of, um, and again, hang on, you know, you know, hearing from the community and that, and, and feeling like, you know, even tonight, you know, that necessarily, they're not necessarily being heard, even though they may be writing a lot of emails, maybe they're feeling as though they're not being heard as much. So I don't know, just, I would like to, you know, think about some professional development, think about how we are um, uh, congregating as a team, uh, working collectively, um, because I don't think a lot of the community realizes that we don't work alone. We're not allowed to be one member. We are a group of seven, Um, we are seven votes. And so um, we're not sort of, you know, operating on our own. And in fact, we're not supposed to be operating on our own. So um, that would be some of the discussion I would like to have. Anyway, this will be a weekly, I mean, a monthly, at the beginning of the week I'm um, getting beginning of the month agenda item, the good of the order. And so that might be some place where we can start to think about um, as a team and collectively where we could put items under this agenda item and, uh, and think about how we can, you know, work together. But I do appreciate member Russo you sharing with the, uh, community, also the letter writing—it's this is true—and um, we're all individually responding to these letters um, of a hundred and you know eighty or so. Um, as you said, you know six or seven page, oftentimes or not six or seven page, but certainly multiple page emails, um, which is a lot. But anyway, that's what this is, and I appreciate your feedback,
4: Member Kretz? Yes. Um, I just wanted to also just mention, you know, to join in with the good of the order. So um, I've been, you know, trying to think of how could we maybe try to reduce the hours for the meetings. That's what I think that's something that we definitely need to work on. Um, We need to respect each other's schedules, um, the administrative schedules, um, you know, the community schedules, you know, we're having these meetings so long that I can't retain anything the next day or I don't remember if I even voted. So I just, you know, wanted to bring that up that I think that it's something that we need to maybe try to work on. And I know we're in a pandemic, so I know discussions are going on, you know, but, you know, I think, I don't know what, but if we could, you know, maybe try to do something to, you know, try to like reduce it a little bit so that we can respect everybody's time and that people will get home and get some proper rest to get to work the next day um that that's just something i wanted to mention thanks
2: thank you member kretz i just would want to say just in point of information that i do feel like again you know i remember having a boss when i was younger and he said you know um just because people work 80 hours a week doesn't mean that they work harder um, it just might mean that they're not working as smart, you know, and he, and he said, and he was a great boss, by the way, you know, and he did work 40 hours a week and he had a family life and he did a really great job of, you know, creating some balance. And he just said that, you know, sometimes it's about, um, being effective and efficient. And I do feel, uh, that that is something to really consider that these eight, 10 hour meetings, um, are, are just far too long, um, so I think we need to be thinking about that and respecting each other and the community. And I don't know if it's that we meet more regularly, you know, um, like the city council does and uh, have a sort of a, a limit uh, or not. But I think that it's a really important thing to consider. So I won't ask at this late hour um, for us to be burning more brain cells thinking about that right now. But we will have a good of the order at the beginning of um October, and um, I'm sure that I'll have more some more specific items under that uh, line item. And I would ask my colleagues respectfully to think of the same. Uh, thank you.
1: We'll do. We'll do. Thank you, Member McLaughlin. Um, number two, stakeholder engagement, offered by Member McLaughlin, tabled at the August 17th, 2020 meeting.
2: Thank you, Mayor. This was regarding um, uh, roundtables and community engagement around uh the staggered hybrid, remote um, you know all that I've been getting from a lot of people in the community need, um, I think people are a little potentially roundtabled out at this point um, and not wanting to have more conversation. they want action. Um, they want us back in our schools. And so I would again, um, I guess take this uh, off the uh, off the agenda, uh, take it off the table if you will, um, and, and, and say, I'll leave it uh, until we have a request for more. I do see a hand raised there um, from someone. Um, if you want to take a look at that. Do you see a hand raised? Don Linessi. Don
5: Don, I'm sorry. Oh, let me put those guys away. I'm very sorry about that. So my my suggestion would be that maybe um, it's a I'd like your thoughts on that.
1: Don, we cu- I couldn't hear that through the dogs. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, let
6: me let me let me put them away. Hold hold on. So
7: what my suggestion would be would be. Uh, if, if, you, uh, if you guys maybe uh, Are you us?
5: I'm just curious about like what you would think about that.
3: Much appreciated at this hour.
2: We're sorry, Don. We also didn't get it again. It was all dog barking, and then you said, What would you think of that? Can you try again?
3: I don't think there's anything really. Thanks, Don. I needed that.
1: Um, we just started to maybe get together in less hours. About the
5: thing, and with that,
1: we're gonna try we're gonna try to have less hours um but it, you know we've had a lot going on we're working really hard um we appreciate that don um we have number three whereas Metro public schools in cooperation with the Metro school committee must create an annual operating budget and whereas it is the responsibility of the district to provide up to date and accurate information, and whereas the budget process must be fully understood by both school committee members and the community, and resolved that Medford Public Schools will provide a narrative description of the budget process along with a visual flowchart of outcomes of both a yay and nay vote from the school committee. The description and visual flowchart will reside on the public school website no later than september 1st 2020 offered by member mclaughlin thank
2: you mayor i would amend this to um december 31st uh 2020 for um this flow chart and narrative description and this goes back to sort of you know again this was a whole budget process that was my first time around but even within that there was a lot of questioning uh confusion and we had the masc um come and sort of offer some advice for the community um because there was a lot of confusion and so i think it would be really helpful to have a narrative description with a flow chart especially going into the next budget session um so that we are all um of the same mind and understanding of what our role and responsibility is and how we um navigate this process as it's coming up so i would amend that motion to um have the flowchart and the narrative description for the budget process for uh medford public school committee available to the public and to school committee members of
1: course uh by december uh 31st 2020. okay and you're asking attorney greenspan to do this if i can get a second i would assume it would be Mr. Murphy. okay so between the attorneys and the finance team if they could create a flowchart a um, motion for approval by member McLaughlin seconded by member Vanderclute roll call. Paulette you're right. muted.
8: Yeah. yeah, Kathy Kretz. Yes. Jenny Graham. Yes. Melanie McLaughlin. Yes. Mia Stones. Yes. Paul Rousseau. Yes. Paulette Vanderclute. Yes, Mayor Lungo-Kern.
1: Yes, seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative, the paper passes. Number four, resolution on the disciplinary practice of, of suspension. Whereas Mayor Lungo Kern and the Medford City Council have declared racism a public health emergency, whereas Black, Latinx, and disabled students are disproportionately suspended, whereas suspensions harm students that are not suspended, whereas dropout rates are higher among students that are suspended, whereas out of school suspensions increase the likelihood of juvenile arrest, whereas suspended students are more likely to repeat a grade level, whereas students that are suspended and not being educated, whereas students attendance is a critical requirement to receive an education, whereas receiving an education is a requirement of academic achievement, and whereas student achievement is the highest goal of all school committee now therefore be it resolved that the medford public schools number one ends the use of -of out-of-school suspensions effective the first day of the school year 2021 two provides for the continuation of a learning environment for every in-school suspension ensures that in-school suspensions will not occur in isolation without instruction or rehabilitative counseling number four selects alternative tools for use in discipline such as restorative justice And five, incorporates any funding requirements to ensure the implementation of the selected alternatives with fidelity in the next budget cycle offered by Member Rousseau.
3: Mayor? Yes, Member Rousseau. Thank you. Sorry to have this at such a late hour. (laughs) Um, So I felt like this was somewhat self-explanatory. I do have references for a bunch of the items um, and I'm happy to share those with the public um, I think one of the more interesting ones other than um, the obvious disproportionate suspensions, one of the more interesting pieces of research was that the students who are not, not actually suspended are also harmed by their fellow students being suspended. Um, and that's, I think that's an important consideration, um, not that the disproportionate use of suspension for our, the students that were listed there, that's obviously critical as well. Uh, but it was just a big surprise to me to find research that showed that the, the quote unquote good students, i.e. the students that are just not being identified as committing any infractions are also very much harmed in their own education. Uh, so uh, I initially had thought that maybe we should send this to subcommittee um, so that we could talk about this endlessly and disagree endlessly about whether or not we would actually do this. Um, I am not, uh, my opinion at this point in time, given that we're in a pandemic and that scheduling meetings is so challenging right now, um, is that if we approve this tonight, that the superintendent is more than welcome to come back with suggestions for changes or uh, exceptions. And we can certainly take those up But this. Everything is just a work in progress. So we can approve this and then make any fixes we need to make at a later date. Um, but if we don't approve it, then it just goes into the black hole of trying to get another meeting scheduled. And then um, before you know it, we're in the middle of a budget and then um, we never have enough time. So I would hope that my colleagues would um, would vote to approve this and get it moving. Uh, so I obviously will motion to approve.
1: Member Kloot, and then member Kratz and then um, Mr. Deleba.
8: Hi. I really wanted to just ask the superintendent to uh, comment on this and um, whether us going ahead uh, and improving it to give you to then come back and amend it, whether, if need be, whether that, that works for you.
0: So, um, I understand the spirit with which the resolution was presented. And um, I am a proponent of, restorative justice practices, and as a district, we do need to seriously look at all practices and look at what our data is saying to us. Um, To make a blanket statement, though, and say that we um, would not have any out-of-school suspensions, um, I really think that we need to reconsider the wording. I understand, again, the spirit with which the resolution was written, but there are situations and circumstances, extenuating circumstances where an out-of-school suspension is warranted. Um, It's not the norm. It's not something that happens all of the time. And we do need to examine our practices. And through providing training with restorative justice and and being aware of um, what students looking at data and looking at what our data says, we can definitely make significant changes to disciplinary, um, practices here at the high school. But again, I do feel there are extenuating circumstances, um, that are the exception and not the norm where an out of school suspend uh, an out of school suspension, although the student is not physically in school, um, symbolically at the same time, um, the other students that could be impacted or could be involved, that symbolically they would feel that um, whatever may have transpired, an appropriate um, discipline is being meted out. So um, you know, I definitely would like to have much, much further discussion about this resolution. and I did want to propose that we do bring it, to the subcommittee to be able to have further discussion. But to say effective school year 2021, um, that no student um, would experience an out-of-school suspension, um, I, I just think that that is not realistic. I believe strongly in progressive discipline, restorative justice, but I also believe that there are some behaviors which are not tolerable at all and um, for those seriously egregious behaviors, out of school suspension um, is, you know, is the last stop before we're talking about expulsion because the next, the next level is if the behavior is beyond uh, something that is tolerable that myself and or any member of the community would truly tolerate, um, we would have to look at expulsion. But I do not think out-of-school suspension should be used just because a student is chewing gum. Um, There really needs to be a very, very serious reason. And the strong disciplinary um, measures that are usually taken happen at the secondary level. And so um, I just feel we should bring this topic to subcommittee but I do feel that discipline is necessary. Um, there needs to be a consequence, uh, a reasonable consequence based on what the behavior is. So I, I just wanted to respond, but I know there are other members who, who would like to weigh in as well.
1: Thank you, Dr. Edward Vincent. We have member Kretz, Mr. DeLeva, Dr. Cushing, and member Russo.
4: Yes, Um, thank you for the resolution, um, Mr. Russo. Yep, so I am in favor of restored justice um, in house suspension. Um, However, at the same time, you know, I I understand um, what Superintendent Edward Vincent is saying, you know, that if there were some incidences that were extreme cases, you know, I feel as though there would have to be some sort of a clause in this resolution. And at the same time, I had several questions, you know, um, how would this be um, facilitated? You know, would it be um, a, you know, a subset classroom who would facilitate? Um, You know, we didn't receive a report with the breakdown of school brains with the number of suspensions. Um, I felt as though myself, I think it should be sent to the subcommittee I was thinking of maybe tabling it and sending it to the subcommittee rules and policies that's where I was thinking with the best subcommittee to go to you know to have a discussion because as it is as a resolution you know you know I I mean I can go and I can look at you know different sites on my own and I've had experience with very close friends and, and family members who have been suspended you know and you know, I really want to make sure that students are in school um, to reduce, you know, you know, the rate of dropping out of school and that they can get the education and the academic help, help that they need. Um, but I just had a lot of questions and, um, you know, I just wanted to, you know, just share um, my, you know, my opinion um, where I'm just You know, I'm thinking about that it would have to go to a subcommittee for a discussion with the entire, you know, with the subcommittee and have something worked out so that we can have more information presented than just the resolution. That's what I was thinking. But once again, I'm in favor for the um, restorative justice in-house suspension for students, keeping them in school and, you know, giving them a chance to grow and learn from their mistakes. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Member Kratz. We have...
4: mm Mr. Deleva,
1: Dr. Cushing, Member Rousseau, and then we do have a resident who would like to speak.
9: Uh, Hello, can everyone hear me? I'm I'm doing this via phone, so I've never done it before on my phone. Um, First of all, I want to echo what um, the superintendent and and Member Kretz had said. Um, I am definitely for restorative justice. I think it is a, a vital part of learning, of uh, being part of a community and understanding how a person affects that community. I do wanna state that there have been laws that have been implemented on uh, you know, chapter 222. I know that's a lot of jargon, but in 2012, we had enact something which was happening in 2014, which was ensuring that education was still in place uh, during suspensions of that nature. And I wanna make it clear too that you know there are suspensions that are laws 37 H and a half 30 three quarters that have been been brought up that we need to uh, you know address in in certain cases because safety is a number one factor on the other hand I do see the points of of understanding what that action is and I agree with the superintendent where we're saying this suspension should not be given nilly uh, willy-nilly if there's an emergency suspension There's a procedure in place by law that the superintendent needs to be notified that we are doing an emergency suspension. And there's also, you know, the, basically you have to give people the opportunities to, you know, to explain their cases and things before is suspensions even implemented based on chapter two, two, two. So there's a lot, what I'm basically trying to say, there's a lot of procedural pieces here, that we've been working on through the years to improve this practice. But I agree, it should not be something that's willy nilly. The other part that I wanna make clear is that we did have a uh, opportunity for change program at both the middle school level and the high school level when I was the middle school principal there. And uh, previous to our new superintendent, which not so new and, anymore, you know those got cut from the budget um, for other needs. And that was a program where we had a counselor that was working with a student. Yes, they were doing work, but they were also doing exit tickets, uh, so that we could find a way of changing things and making it more restorative. Um, but the staff, you know, that that program sort of dissolved because you know we didn't have the funding to continue on with it. So I just want to kind of make sure that you know where I want things to be adjusted. I do feel that a subcommittee and having more of these discussions and bringing more data in front, sort of like what we did when we had an attendance issue uh, regarding something that occurred over the weekend. And we worked together to, to figure out how to address that and change that as a policy. So uh, I know I've taken a lot of the time here, but I just want to kind of make sure that, um, that we're all doing this together in the right way. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Mr. Deleva, De-
7: um, Dr. Cushing. Uh good evening again everybody. Um so um I respect and support the um the underpinnings of why this is being put forward. Um but there are certain areas under the law that Mr the, that Principal Deleva mentioned um there are four specific areas um that allow for the exclusion of a student um that are considered to be the big four um of school offenses. Um, that warrant emergency uh, removal followed by a formal hearing before the principal. Those are assault of a staff member uh, bringing weapon or drugs to school uh, and being charged with a felony that has a direct causal connection to school. Um, That could be a sexual assault. That could be a physical assault. It could be um, something that rises to a felony. Now that is not just the police filing the felony with the court it is the felony being accepted and logged in at the court, um, and so those are four uh, pretty major and pretty severe things. The reason why the uh, the laws were changed, as Principal Deleva mentioned in 2012, was because of uh, abuse uh, of principles uh, of of suspension and oversuspending of certain uh, student populations. I think that a focus on restorative justice, uh, working with Suffolk University Center that focuses on uh, restorative justice, um, intensive staff trainings for our school administrators and teachers, um, and really focusing on the the proper uh, use of our forms and procedures uh, that we put out to the principals last year that were uh, all legally vetted Um, forms and procedures, uh, I think is going to go a long way to helping us to um, reduce suspensions. I think, though, that any change that is put forward, it is exceptionally important for us to maintain the statutory and legal um, supports that have been put in place and um, even though chapter 71, section 37H and three quarters uh, that was added in 2012 and went into, and went into effect in 2014, um, even though those have been put into place, um, I think that we need to maintain those legal statutory um, supports for schools when the most egregious student offenses occur. Um, But I do believe um, that we need to be extraordinarily careful when we suspend. Um, I think that we need to take an active stance to reduce suspension numbers um, to the smallest percentages possible. Um, And that suspension needs to be the absolute last possible resort. And as adults, we need to be able to center ourselves when we may be frustrated with a situation and try to come back with a better approach rather than simply just accelerating a situation and having a student removed from the building. Um, But um, I really believe once again, that we need to maintain the statutory and legal supports that have been put in place for schools. Um, Thank you for your time.
3: Thank you, Dr. Cushing. We have- um, Mayor. Member Russo. Thank you. Um, No policy of the school committee negates the law. Um, we can say all we want in a lo- policy. The law supersedes anything we write down. So it's true that the policy or the resolution that I wrote did not include uh, Mass General Laws Chapter 71, 37H, 37 and a half, and 37 and three quarters. And then next year, if they had 37 and five eighths, you know, it, we don't have to go update those things because uh, we don't have to update our policies because the law is the law and that comes before our policies. So um, I don't feel any urgent need to do that. I do also really need to point out that for the most part, the, the, the adults in the district are the same adults that have been in the district for a while. 2.8 times as many of our black kids are getting suspended than white kids. Um, and um, I mean, if anybody wants to get on this call and tell me that the black kids are 2.8 times more bad or do more bad things, I'm happy to listen. I'll wait for your hand to go up. Um, what I would say is, you know, one of those offenses that is man statutorily requires a suspension is the possession of controlled substances. And um, it, at this point in 2020, are we all really going to pretend that that is applied equally between white and black kids it, and, and Latinx kids? It is not. You know, either the white kids are not noticed when they have the controlled substances, or they're just not treated the same when they are noticed. And I I can't say any particular situation because obviously I wasn't there for every single one of those situations. But listen, the the majority of the people that are suspending these kids or determining that a kid needs to be suspended are the same people that were here two years ago and three years ago and four years ago. And um, I'm not really willing to just give it a go for another year and, you know, ignore the consequences of those suspensions. Um, you know, if, if, you know, if there was some alternative that was being presented right now that said that, you know, Oh, we, we won't have kids who are suspended, you know, ending up dropping out at higher rates and on and on and on. And all the other things that happen to kids that are suspended um, I might be willing to listen, but that that's not, something that I think is real. Um, And I will also say I was suspended many times in high school. And I can tell you right now, every one of those suspensions was like a freaking like, hallelujah, I don't have to go to school. And that is the majority of kids when they're suspended, unless their parents are beating them for it. The majority of kids that are suspended, are thrilled to have a day off from school. Um, We are edge, I didn't get any homework to take with me. And they're not getting an education. And I'm pretty sure the goal of this school district and the school committee is to educate the kids, which we cannot be doing if they're not even there. So I I don't have any interest in delaying this um, or sending it to the subcommittee, although obviously that's up to the committee to do. Um, I just don't know, like, when is the right time? You know, there never seems to be a good time for these kinds of big changes. Um, you know, sure, we have a pandemic, and last year we had a budget crisis, and this year, we'll have, next year, we'll have something else. It's never going to be the right time for the kids that are getting suspended, and those kids are disproportionately Black, Latinx, and disabled kids as well. Although I didn't run the stats on that uh, on that category of um, our students, but I, I just don't know why we would wait if, if it, this does not negate the law even though there's no exceptions written into this resolution, so.
8: Yes, member Vandekloot. So as I read it, um, I think taking in mind what the superintendent said and the other uh, people who've spoken is that the policy needs to be amended to say, except uh, so under where it's listed one, two, three, four, five, except in accordance with the law. I mean, we, we would need to end the use of out-of-school suspensions effective for the first day of the school year, 2021, except in accordance with the law. Um, I mean, we, we, we would definitely need to uh, add that clause for it to Remember, be appropriate to be a policy. I, I, Mr. Murphy. I would,
3: sorry, I, I would just say that I, I don't, I'm fine with that amendment, but I would say that literally every policy we have ever passed that's the case and we don't write that in there. So why are we going to start here?
8: Because it's been brought to our attention that there are legal um, uh, uh, places that that we need to follow. And so I'm not going to write a policy that we openly know is against the law. So, you know, Paul, I totally understand where you're going with this, but I also need to, it, it just makes sense to me that you would add that. We, they were articulated very clearly by Dr. Cushing, uh, what they were. Um, I, I guess, um, um, you know, I don't have a problem sending it to subcommittee. We're going to meet on subcommittees. I mean, if people have other issues. I don't know if there's other practical issues. Um, I, you know, I think I think that everything else makes sense to me. Um so if if that clause was inserted um superintendent would would you still ask would you prefer it to go to subcommittee to review it or is everything else i i
1: just think we need more time to really debate this
8: so i make a motion to send it to subcommittee second seconded by member Kraft.
1: Mayor, we have community members raising their hands. I
2: just didn't know if they wanted to input before this was.
1: Yes, I'm going to call on them. Member McLaughlin. So just member Vandekloot, if you could just note you made the motions. Member Kretz seconded it. Um, we have Maria Rodriguez. Hi.
10: Um, I have a child of color. Um, I've had a few others. I have one now in the school. And I want to say that by the time these kids get to suspensions, there's been a history of being called out for smaller infractions, like dress code or being in the hallway or other things that um, my child experiences at her school on a regular basis. So while I, whatever you decide about this, I think it is, you can't Solve this if you don't start looking at how the discipline is applied in the middle schools, especially. Um, I don't have any issue with the elementary school stuff, but the middle school I'm finding to be not fair. And the kids all know it. That mm. if you're, you know, white, you can wear very inappropriately um inappropriate clothes that are very against the dress code. And if you're black, that you will get called out for that. So I think while I'm all for this and I, whichever way it goes, you can't, it's like, you can't solve the cocaine problem. If you don't get the kids in the beginning, when they're starting to use drugs, It already at middle school, they're feeling that this is not fair. Okay. That's all. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you
1: for speaking out. Um, Nay?
5: Hi, um, thank you so much. It's Nadine Moretti. It, this is what it says on my phone, so I, I can't <laughs> change it. Hi, uh, thank you for letting me speak, um, Mayor and School Committee. Um, I think what I, I just want to touch upon is that, you know, these, these resolutions um, where they might be important, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like for certain agendas, what, what pains me this evening is that, you know, we, we're not even going to be in school quite possibly. Um, You know, the plan, hopefully it it does work out for us and that staggered hybrid does occur, but I don't even know how we would be discussing suspensions as a whole. And these children may not even be in the school. I don't, I I guess I don't see the importance of it. My, my head is boggled that, you know, my junior still will not be in his electrical, vocational necessary, you know, classes this week. So I, I just think it, As a parent listening to this, and I know it's been a long meeting, I I jumped on very late, um, so I can see where you guys are all tired. I I just don't understand the importance of this topic at the very moment. Um, That's all I really wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you, Nadine. You're welcome, thanks.
1: Cheryl?
6: Hello? Can you hear me? Cheryl. Yes. Hi, Cheryl. Hi. um, I just wanted to mirror the sentiments of the superintendent. Basically that I don't think you should just remove all suspensions. That seems unrealistic to me. I mean, they're usually only used for the most serious offenses. I can just picture a child being attacked in school and the next day riding to school on the bus with the child that attacked them or, I know we had incidents of kids threatening to shoot up the school and then the, the children have to sit in class with that child or see him because he's in the school. And uh, Maybe if you don't want to have these children at home, maybe there can be a second school that they can go to like a sister school. If something happens at the Andrews, they can go to the McGlynn for in-school suspension so that the students have a cooling off period. I just think that a lot more work goes into needs to go into a policy like this and to just say, there's just no scenario where a child can be suspended. I'm also concerned that I I think it's great if we offer some counseling to the child that has done the offense, but perhaps also to the child that was victimized. I just think that we need to look at the whole thing. I know bullying is a very huge issue in our schools and I hope that we can move to address that as well. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. Okay.
1: Sam Fuller.
5: Thanks for taking my call. I'm very sorry. I'm just real nervous, but my question is, uh, uh um, for the, um, 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 the,
1: um, uh, We'll give Sam a minute to collect himself. Veronica Hernandez.
11: Hello. Hey. Hi. So um, my thing is, you know, where Cheryl said um, suspensions are used for the most um, like serious cases. I will say I was suspended my senior year in high school for chewing gum. Um, That's definitely not the case. I am I was a black student and I did see a lot of my peers be suspended for the slightest things where there were a lot worse things going on. So I absolutely love that um, Paul is suggesting this um, just because, you know, I do have family and little cousins who still go to Medford to middle schools, to high schools, and they're dealing with the same issues that I dealt with. And, um, I just, I'm hundred percent in support of this. And I think that people should really look into what people were getting suspe- what they were and are getting suspended for. Um, because I can absolutely say they are not for the worst cases and, um, bullying, I think is kind of like a different subject. I know bullies who have never even been suspended. So yeah, that's kind of just my input on this whole thing.
1: Thank you, Veronica. Uh, okay. So there's a motion on the floor by Member Van De Kloot, seconded by Member Kretz that we send it to subcommittee to review in its entirety and be able to fully vet roll call vote.
8: Member Graham? no. Um sorry. Uh Kathy Kretz. Yes. Mia Mastone? No. Uh, Melanie McLaughlin? Melanie? She's mute. You're muted.
2: Yes, somebody had to unmute me. Thank you. I didn't have the uh, opportunity to do that. Um, I am going to. Do say yes for a subcommittee review? Uh,
8: Paul Rousseau? No. Um, Paulette Vanderclute, uh, yes. And uh, Mayor?
1: Yes, four in the affirmative, three in the
3: negative. Motion passes. Mayor? N- Member Rousseau? Yes, I'd like to schedule that meeting right now. Um, Is everybody available on my subcommittee on Tuesday, September 15th at 6 p.m.? Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. I'll make that posting in the morning.
1: Number five. Resolution on the review of family issues with use of Chromebooks. Be it resolved that the district technology department completes a review of family issues with Chromebooks in the spring to establish a root cause. Be it further resolved that the review specifically investigate widespread reports of Chromebooks dropping internet connections and difficulty connecting to Zooms. Be it resolved that the report of root cause and recommendations for resolution as well as a family tip sheet be created and provided to the school committee no later than September 14th, 2020,
12: offered by member Graham. Member Graham. So I have seen quite a number of reports of folks who really experienced um, issues with lots of um, dropping their own personal connections and um, problems connecting to Zooms and other things. And, Um, with the folks that have spoken with me directly, you know, they have said that they have a house full of devices. They have no issues. There's something very unique going on, um, at the Chromebook level. And as we prepare for remote learning, we need to start to like rule out all of these, these impediments to learning, because that's what this is going to become for kids who have a Chromebook that's going to keep dropping a connection. So, um, my hope is that um, the tech department can go back to some of their emails, which they surely have received, or um, I can certainly point them to a number of families who would probably be more than happy to troubleshoot with them. But I think that we need to figure out like what the cause of this is so that if there's some sort of... Um, connection or software being installed on the Chromebooks that is interfering, that we know that and we can avoid that and that we um, overall are avoiding wide scale issues with the deployment of our devices, which will absolutely be an equity issue um, and will absolutely get in the way of of learning. So um, I'm hoping that the tech committee, the tech team can do that, I know they have a lot on their plate, but honestly, if people have devices and they can't be used, we might as well not worry about deploying devices. So um, I think this is the priority and I think it needs to happen before the start of school and the family tip sheet can go on the re- on the remote learning site. So that's the motion. That's my second. explanation. Mayor, second. Second uh, by
1: Member Rousseau,
3: Member Rousseau then Member Kratz. Um, I am... You know, consider myself fairly high tech. Um, I have very fast internet at home and a a uh, incredible network of Wi-Fi devices uh, to make sure there's not a moment or a spot in my house without great networking. Um, and um, two of the Chromebooks that I had last spring, um, I had to re-enter the Wi-Fi passwords multiple times a day. Um, and since I use long and strong passwords. It was really not a joy. Um, And then um, I got two different devices, newer Chromebooks, I believe. And those ones actually didn't have the problem. So um, they were all up to date. And I I just worry about what this looks like on the ground for families that are juggling multiple children and um, their own work if they're so lucky. Um, and then having kids and the stress that it will cause kids to just be getting kicked out of classes and to the teachers, frankly, you know, you've got 10 kids in your zoom and suddenly two of them are gone. Like, how do you keep going and how do you just do your job? Um, where's Johnny and, you know, Johnny's freaking out and crying and, you know, um, this, I think is a much bigger problem than I think we're giving it credit for because, um, um, if I couldn't figure it out and I don't, and I do mean that kind of the way it sounds, but if I couldn't figure it out, um, I'm pretty convinced that the average non-software developer is gonna figure it out. So um, I, we, we need to know this problem and understand it. Um, and I know that it wasn't part of the motion, but um, it's sort of a question, um, you know, do we have a single phone number for the entire district to call for tech support? Um, and if not, I would urge that that be created as superintendent could answer that question or somebody.
13: We don't. We don't have it. Paul. Uh, I, I would just say that we're in the process of looking at our phone system. There are a number of infrastructure we need to adjust um, in some way. And I think that having some hotlines of that nature would be an important thing to have. I, right. Perfectly honest. I don't think that we do. Um, but. Well, we don't. I don't even know who that is. But I, <laughs> I trust. I trust that voice because you've probably been around longer than me. No, and I don't. And yeah. we're gonna get. Yeah. The, we're gonna have to do some work on the phones. And this would be a good idea to put on that list. Okay. Thank you.
1: M- Member Vanderkloot.
8: Um. So my concern with this is we we heard from Miss Layden earlier in in the um in the meeting, which seems like weeks ago uh, regarding all the stuff that she's doing in the next um, couple of days, um, getting up, you know, ready to give out Chromebooks. And while, of course, it's certainly important to understand it, this is a very comprehensive report and review, at least from the, um, from reading it when Jenny, when you said it, you know, contact key, key people. Um, it seemed more targeted. I'm concerned, I mean, you know, with no later than September 14th is Monday. Um, I would have thought, uh, especially with the conversation around hot spots and making sure we had those, that some of the issues at least were being um, already looked at. Um, so I'm a little concerned about trying to now put this on the table, which... Um, no later than September fourteenth, but even if you say next Wednesday, because right now, um, I, I really think we have to concentrate on the opening of school and getting the books out and everything else. And I, I, so, I'm concerned about the t- the timeline in this. Um, it's not
12: how, I, how do we open school if kids can't go to school on their Chromebook? Like it's it's a it's an, we can't open school if kids can't use their Chromebooks.
8: So, I, again, is Ms. Layden still on? I yeah. am. I am. Uh, Molly, could you address address my concerns and, yes. and what you're doing and what you did over the course of the summer to look at what went wrong? Yep. Thank you. So, um, yeah, the, the timing of this is going
14: to be a little tricky, to be honest. But um, I, I can tell you that in looking back at what we received in terms of tech support requests, it really was about uh, really a handful of people, and I'm not saying that that's not there's not people who also had issues, but in terms of actually requesting help about the Chromebook Internet connectivity, it was not a large number. Now, I should say there are a lot of reasons that, that there are some issues with Chromebooks and Internet connectivity, certainly not us alone, certainly you know, lots of issues around lots of devices around the state. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of complexity that's very hard to deal with from a tech support end. So what goes on in someone's home internet situation is very difficult for us to assess. You know, there could be 16 kids using video games. There could be two really good laptops that work, but a Chromebook is a lower end device and it may, it just may drop a little easier than someone's home. Computer that they're using from work that's a $4,000 laptop. That's just the reality of the processor and the internet card. And I mean, that's so some of that is the nature of just using a less expensive device. But there are a lot of people who didn't have that issue. So it's very difficult for us to, frankly, troubleshoot 4,000 devices with what we have in terms of resources beyond responding to tech support requests. So if a device doesn't work, we can certainly replace it. There's some tips that we can do. We know if you're on a Zoom meeting and you're on video, it certainly eats more bandwidth. So you could turn off your video. We know that there are some things like, if you go through Zoom in the browser versus the extension on a Chromebook, that helps some, it seems to be a little bit more stable. So there's some things like that we can address, but to be honest, it's very difficult if the device is working for us to troubleshoot everyone's home internet situation beyond that. And we the ones we've had, we've tried and we have done some of that. But with our current staffing, you're adding literally, you know, 4,000. When we go one-to-one when all the devices come in, we're talking about 4,000 devices plus all the staff who are teaching remotely, which we also had to troubleshoot. So it's just, it is just a matter of trying to do what what we can with what we have. So I don't think it's an issue of when we put these devices out the door, 90% of them are not connecting well. A lot of people are not having that issue, but some are, and we are certainly committed to trying to make those work, but we do have some limitations in terms of home, home internet situation, what we can, what we can intervene on and then supporting all the, you know, we can make sure the device works. We can make sure we can give them tips. We can make sure it's exchange devices that aren't working. And we'll provide hotspots for people who need that. But some people have unreliable internet. They have, we can see it in the meetings, right? You have things going in and out even here with people who are using devices that aren't Chromebooks. So to try and troubleshoot all those variations is, is tricky. Um, so we are committed to do what we can. But I don't think it's an issue of 2,000 devices go out and they're all not working because of people's internet. I, there may be. We, we did not get a lot. We got some, and I heard of some. And it's certainly... We do know we've looked at a lot of things across the state with other directors. We know it's not device-specific. It's not age-of-device-specific. It's not, you know, it, it's all the same platform of Chrome. There's nothing that we're adding on that's additional software. It's not filtering that's slowing it down. It's not a network. It's reliant on someone's home Internet. And any device we've sent home was working on the Internet in the school. That's a straight shot through. So it's just it's just tricky, so we're committed to trying to make that work, but it's It's a, it's a difficult situation
12: for us to try and troubleshoot for everyone's home internet access. Uh, We don't give unsharpened pencils to kids to write. And I feel like that's where we're headed right now. Like unsharpened pencils, go ahead and go write a novella for us. Like all I'm asking is that we take the people who I sent screenshots to Molly on the 27th of August With specific families who had these recurring issues, I don't think it's fair of us to say that people didn't have problems. There was no place for them to call to get their problems resolved. So the fact that people didn't reach out because they were drowning in their own stuff in the spring, like, I don't think we can say nobody had problems. But I also don't think it's sustainable operationally for us to be telling everybody to call Molly to troubleshoot when we could spend a little bit of time up front with a handful of people to try to figure out what the problem is and determine if there's something more systemic that we can do to stem the chaos like all I'm asking is that we do what we can to stem the chaos of the first day of school and I don't think that's too much to ask where 65% of our families don't want to do this at home and here we are. Like, tell them they have to anyway. Like, can we just try to make it a little bit easier? It. This is immensely frustrating for everybody. But telling everybody to call Molly is is not sustainable when it comes to troubleshooting devices.
14: Well, we do have. I mean, we had and we had in the spring. We have a tech support email address that's staffed by the tech
12: support staff. And, and, pe- and that was the turnaround time, Molly, on the tech support email address? What's, how fast can I expect to turn around? It depends what it is. So
14: if you're asking about when you can train, we have everything that comes in if I' can I change my device? Can I come in, which we couldn't have them do every day during the closure. It had to be considered safe. So it depends on if they need a new device. Do they need an adapter? Do they need a new power cord? Do they need, so that was pretty quick. So depending on, what came in is how long it would take to fix it if, if they just need to swap the device we swap the device if they needed software issues if they wanted to how to get into google classroom the, the the requests were quite varied so i can't give you an easy answer to that we have nothing open we had nothing that stayed open we didn't get you did send those screenshots we got we dealt with what we got did, did i respond to last those families days? and in the last few days people? no not in the last few days oh. did we in the spring yes we're, we're trying to get we're trying to get a whole lot of devices out the door with a very small staff. My staff just came back, so so our, I'm not saying we're setting them up for not working. I'm saying this is there all there is what what we can do is what we can do, and we're trying to get them all out, and then we're trying to make sure that they all work, and we're trying to give internet to people who don't have reliable internet, which may be some of the issues, or it may be the device, or it may be the timing of the day, or but there's just a lot of things that we can't control outside the school that we can control in the school building. So, you know, we are open to suggestion, but it's, it's very tricky to figure that out short of sitting on the phone with people, which is what we did when the people did, they did ask in the spring.
1: Okay. We have, um, member Van de Kloot had her hand up. Member Kratz, Dave Murphy.
8: Uh, I'm I'm willing to yield to my colleagues first.
1: Member Kratz.
4: Well, thank you. Um, yep. Yeah, so I'm, I'm concerned about the connectivity, um, and at the same time, I'm just really concerned that Molly's working, you know, overtime, you know, trying to get ready for the start of school and the distribution of the devices and the hotspots and, and so on. I just think that the time frame is a little bit too short. I mean, if we can amend it after the distribution, after the start of school, and then at that time... You know, if people can send in their, their concerns about connectivity to the email address and, you know, with our best effort and, and be, you know, good faith, we'll try to get to all those emails as soon as possible. I know I've been working remotely since COVID and my connection drops a lot, and it goes into what's called like um, uh, a timeout, where it's like the clock is on, and I'm like, okay, it's another five minutes, and you know we've reached out to our IT department, and what they've told us is that contact your internet provider, you know, or try to use you know um, Internet Explorer instead of Google Chrome or. You know, Safari or or something, or you know, something else. But um, you know, I've been experiencing, you know, even on school committee meetings, you know, if I'm on my computer too long. Um, I'll see my screen will just like flash because I think I've been working remotely all day. My computer's been on all day and I think it's just, it's just burning up, (laughs) you know? I mean, I've experienced it where I just kind of get booted out of a meeting and I don't know why I didn't do anything differently. I wasn't even like, my hands weren't even on the keyboard. So, I mean, I just wanted to just, you know, add my concerns are that I just think that the timing, you know, having this done by September 16th, it's just not, it's just not a a feasible date for you know for Molly Laden at this time. That's just my thinking. I just wanted to share that. Thanks. Mr. Murphy.
13: Thank you, Mayor. I, I, I just I feel like in, as part of this conversation, it, we should be very clear as to what the specific ask is of the motion. My understanding is that the committee under this motion would be directing the administration to provide a report um, detailing the specific problems that occurred uh, previously and to generate a family tip sheet that could be disseminated to families to help them when there are inevitably some troubleshooting issues that need to take place. So if I could just ask uh, through uh, the chair to Ms. Graham, is am I correct that that is essentially the two asks that are incorporated into this motion?
8: Um,
12: yeah, as long as you are intending to try to assess a root cause.
13: Yes, I mean, and I think the only, without identifying that root cause, we're just increasing the likelihood that these types of problems you know, repeat themselves uh, for a period of time that we don't know as, as how long it's going to be in terms of being primarily remote. So um, our, I think the only concern is that in the limited time we have before uh, the school year opens, we want to get as we, we need our staff to be focused on getting technology into the hands of students because any delay in doing that, um, it, it, you know, is going to render the problem of connectivity moot if they, if they don't actually have uh, the infrastructure that they need. Um, i think that the family tip sheet we're going to want that generated within the course of the next week to make sure that they're using it as quickly as possible i don't and and molly you know speak up if that particular issue is 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 problematic but i feel like the tip sheet can be generated within the next week and the report which hopefully will be more extensive and incorporate the learnings we've had as we've gotten to this point as we're prepared to open the school year will probably be a more comprehensive and an out report if it's a couple of weeks from now. So if the tip sheet can be done the next week and the report can wait till later in the month, I, I feel like we can get to a place where, where this um, where we can be successful. Great compromise. Member Van De Kloot.
8: Yeah I could I concur. I think that that, that would do it. Um, and and because we have to we have to spend time right now getting the devices out doing this. The tip sheet is a great idea. Um, and then we'll be looking at Um, you know, Molly, I I would ask that you just look at what member Graham sent you to see if there was anything that really does stand out if, if, um, it's possible to contact any of those families, if it's a reasonable number, um, just so that we're starting out on a good foot with them. Um, but, um, you know, to then put off a more comprehensive report for a couple of weeks so you could then say what's happening now. Um, so... Uh, I don't know whether Member Graham is willing to amend her uh, motion. Um, uh, If she would, I would certainly support it then. Um, If she doesn't, I can't support it as it is. So I just
12: wanna be clear that having a device in hand is half of the solution that we need to get kids back to school, right? Like they need to be able to see their teachers on Zoom And it's a week before school. We haven't done anything to make parents ready for this, except to tell them there's a lot of change coming. It's going to be different than it was in the spring. And that I'm excited for that, but like we all need to understand what that looks like in a household with two working parents, some of whom don't have the luxury of staying home. Like this is a very big deal. And the fact that we're not ready for this is super concerning to me. I'm fine with the report coming later, but somebody needs to call a handful of families and talk to them on the phone and say, what is it that happened? Let's figure out what the problem is. Zoom is releasing new features all the time. And the notion that it works better on a browser, we need to make sure we understand whether the features and functions that teachers are planning to use can be used on a web browser because it's my recent experience that my own virtual learning classes that we are running could not. So I I just don't want there to be chaos on the first day of school after having shortened the school year by 10 days, investing in all this energy for the teachers so that they can be ready and then have us like not be able to get students to the, the proverbial table To consume the education so i i'm fine with that but i would really want somebody to actually reach out to the families that i sent on august 27th that could have been done at any time before now and i'm sorry that it's a crunch but i i i i think this is really important and we need a phone number and somebody needs to staff the line so that when a kid gets kicked out of a zoom and doesn't know what to do there's some place for them to go like These are the operational things that need to be in place for this to work. So I'm fine with that change to the report being end of September, but that tip sheet has, has gotta be, first of all, it has to be meaningful. And second of all, it has to go out before the start of school.
1: Mr. Murphy, then member McLaughlin,
13: just very quickly. Um, uh, we agree that with the need for responsiveness, um, and, uh, whatever, whatever group from the handful that you've just referenced will be contacted before the end of the week, the tip sheet, uh, in addition to having it done with, within a week, uh, by the end of the first week of school, we will update it. And so if there are additional tips that become apparent to us, we'll make that a living document so that we can offer amendments going forward, but, but to give as much peace of mind as possible to families, we'll make sure that that is circulated and disseminated during the first week of school and we appreciate um, the patience with regard to the additional time to put together a more comprehensive report.
1: Member
2: McLaughlin. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Member Graham, for bringing this up. I think the tip sheet is really important. I appreciate that, the flexibility around the report. Uh, uh, However, I am confused. I remember many discussions over the summer, uh, and I know that the teachers have had um, 10 days of professional development. I, we had discussion that we were going to be offering webinars and professional development for families around the technology and the material. Has, is that not happening? Has, has that not been scheduled? Um, can I get some input on, um, on whether there is any development being offered to families to help them in assisting them with
1: Google Classroom, with Zoom, with Chromebooks, with any of the things that were discussed? Yes, that was the pre- presentation by Tom Milichuski and um, Ms. Galusi, The six or seven family support links that are going to be on the website. One was one was Google Zoom. Um, one was technology. Uh, Tom
2: those are those are out. PowerPoint presentations, so they're going to be driven. So the families have to go there to. Get links to already existing PowerPoint presentations. Is that right for the resources? There's, that's going to be the family development. Is that
1: is that what we're hearing? Yeah, there was about six courses. Um, Tom, you can back me up here. Yes, but no, you are correct. In, yes.
15: Yep. And so the other thing we explained, um, Member McLaughlin, it's kind of a combination. So there are some slide presentations. There's also some videos. As well as once school starts, we're going to be offering live coaching sessions for families as well with Medford Public Schools staff. Um, And we have already started to create this sheet that um, member Graham has spoken about, but as um, Mr. Murphy mentioned, we'll add in anything additional that is needed.
2: Thank you. And I think the live coaching sessions will be really helpful. And I wanna make sure that that, that's happening for, professional development for families, but I guess it also begs the question, and also for this sheet, um, how that's being offered to families who are non-English speaking, how we're preparing families if these are prepared, already given instruction that are online for families to access. Certainly the live coaching can be done in other languages, but I would also ask that the, the sheet, the tip sheet obviously be translated, but how are we providing this support to our non-English speaking families?
15: So all of this planning is also done with Paul Texera. He's involved in the planning of this. So we have it covered.
12: Can,
2: can you elaborate?
15: Yeah, we're st- so the clearly the one of the things we've been experimenting with, too, is the when we're doing the live coaching sessions is the interpretation um And I don't know if Paul is on this call, if he wants to jump in, but we've also been experimenting as a leadership team on how to effectively use um, interpreters during the live coaching sessions. That's one of the things that we've kind of experimented with so that we're making sure that it's accessible with everyone in the room at the same time. Um, Part of the difficulty, I think, you know, with the, roundtables was that had to be almost like a whole separate setting. So there is an option through Zoom that you can kind of set up interpreters and that's one of the things that we've been experimenting with so that it can happen like simultaneously as the presenter is answering questions and going through the training. People that require the translations, it can happen to them the option is like, it lessens the volume for them so that they're hearing the interpreter, but the other person is just like at a 20% volume in the background. So those are some of the things that we're working on so that it's kind of done all together, if that makes sense and not in like a separate room or
2: session. Okay, thank you. That We do have an EL um, teacher that has her hand raised. Thank you, Ms. Glucy.
1: Ms.
8: Castagnetti.
4: Um, I brought this up before. We have a wonderful technology teacher at the McGlynn School who is Portuguese-speaking. She's native Brazilian, and she is wonderful. During the period when we were out in the spring, I can't tell you how many of my students. She called the parents, walked them through how to set up Google Classroom, gave them her personal cell phone number, said, call me anytime. So, and she's more than willing to do something. She had said it several times. She would be more than willing have a class for parents. So I think something like that should be taken advantage of. She's wonderful. I can't say enough good things about her. And I will defer it to Paul.
1: (laughs) Thank you.
5: Okay, I'm unmuted. Yes, I already reached
13: out to her and we talked about she has her own website and it's in Portuguese. And um, she'll follow what the, you know, She doesn't want to step on anyone's toes in terms of the district with what we're doing, um, but she can jump in on that. So once this is all fully developed, um, we'll take it and make it accessible to a
15: variety
5: of languages.
15: And I do want to jump in, um, Mr. Textera, because the... The slides that I had previously mentioned and gone through in descriptions that are from Stacy Shulman's staff, they're all they have all been translated. Just to clarify,
1: thank you, great, thank you, thank you all. Um, so motion as amended by member Graham, seconded by member Van de Kloot roll call vote
3: mayor can i can it be read i don't remember i don't know what we're voting on um yes we did change the
1: dates but be it resolved the district technology department completes a review of the family issues with chromebooks that in the spring to establish root cause be it further resolved the reviews specifically investigate widespread reports of chromebook dropping internet connections and difficulty connecting to zooms be it resolved that this That the report of root cause and recommendations for resolution as well as a family tip sheet be created the tip sheet shall be done before school starts on the 16th and the report shall be done no later than the last day in september do you have that um member vanderthal I amended it while I read it.
8: Right. Um, so, well, so I so, call vote. Yeah. So, Jenny Graham? Yes. Kathy Kretz? Yes. Mia? Ms. Stone? Yes. Yes. Melanie McLaughlin? Yes. Paul Rousseau? Yes. Paulette? Yes. Mayor?
1: Yes. Seven of the affirmative, zero in the negative. The paper passes. Number six. Resolution on the review of Metro Public Schools technology responsible use
12: policy offered by member Graham. So the um, acceptable use policy for K to five currently includes um, photo releases. So um, that by taking a Chromebook, you are releasing the district to publish pictures of your child um, which is just completely misplaced. Um, as I understand it, the school committee voted on this in March of 2019. Although I find it like super hard to believe that that would have been in the policy, um, knowing how much that committee cares, cared about privacy from sitting in all of their meetings. Like I just can't fathom that that's true, but, um, Frankly, I think the all, both of the policies need to be revisited and reviewed. So one motion is to refer both policies to the rules policy and equity subcommittee to be combined um, and rationalized for our current environment. Mm-hmm. And the second would be to revise this policy immediately to strike the language um, that requires accepting um, the notion that the district can use your child's picture in exchange for a Chromebook. Um, I did, I'm gonna, I can share my screen. I did take the policy and tweak it. um, And I can share that with you guys. Give me one second. Um, okay, so, um, I just changed the date to today, um, any place in yellow I added. So the Med for Public Schools supports the rights of students and staff to have reasonable access in school and at home, um, to various information formats and believes it is incumbent upon students to use their, to use this educational advantage in an appropriate and responsible manner. Um, I took staff out because this is a policy for families. So it just didn't seem appropriate to me. Um, I did move these components down because they read to me like we were asking students to sign them, which students aren't legally able to sign anything. Um, So instead, I put them as bullets here. And what I said is I accept responsibility for my child's computer use. I have reviewed the below responsibilities with my child. Um, These are the same bullets with just a few um, clarifications about um it's not just using the internet at at school um it, it would also include using them at home for the purposes of schoolwork assigned by my teacher um i struck the when there is an adult in the room with me because i don't think that we can reasonably expect that um as a condition of education at this moment um i will tell my teachers and parents are caregivers so i just changed parents to parents and caregivers um I will not copy anything. So all of this was from the prior policy. I did strike these two um, components, which is I give permission for my child's name to appear in the student, school, and or district web pages should one be developed. I understand that the school will not publish my home address or phone number. And I give permission for my child's photo to appear on the student, school, and or district web pages should one be developed. So those two things would be... um, removed from the policy, effective immediately. Um, and then I have um, read the Medford Public Schools um, district contracts for computer use and reviewed it with my child. I understand the access for education. So um, all I did was strike, essentially strike those two things and write this as though we're expecting parents to sign off because kids can't. Um, and then I think we need to approve this tonight. I know that there are people out there who are not signing up for Chromebooks because they are unwilling to let the school use their child's name or photo. um, And that is as written what we are allowed to do. So we need to pass something tonight to strike that. Um, But I also think these policies both need to go to the rules policy subcommittee to be modernized because they both are dated. Motion to approve.
1: Member Vandeclute?
8: Yes. So uh, I'm willing just to strike the, the piece, and I agree with Jenny, that then we should send this uh, to rules and regs because quite honestly, the problem is, and Jenny, I'm sure you've done a marvelous job, but we really shouldn't be, you know, this is the first time I've seen this, your revisions and, you know, we're six hour and a half hours into a meeting. Um, so I certainly will vote to, to strike the, the offending bit and to send this to the rules and regs. Um, uh, and another option would be to take a look at it um, just on, on, on the revisions that Jenny made, uh, um, just to expedite it would be for um, us to strike the first part and then If this could come back on our agenda next week with Jenny's revisions That way we would all be able to look at it uh, in the next couple days Um, Would that work Jenny Sure, yeah, but
0: I mean I I think
12: I Added like seven words. I I think everything else is exactly the same
8: I can't even see the seven words. I'm sorry, but that's the way it's coming through right now. I don't know why. um You know, again, I, I, um, I just, I just hate to do a, a, you know, change a policy with just, you know, so little reflection. Let me hear from my colleagues, though. I'm,
1: I'm okay. I feel, I'm,
8: I feel close to brain dead.
1: Yeah. No, I just think in the future, I think this is great, and I thank Member Graham for doing it, but. Maybe shoot it to the superintendent so she can blind carbon copy it all to us before the meeting. So just so we can review. And this seems like a somewhat. Um, I did. It's not, it's not an extensive policy, so I it's more understandable. But yeah, I'm feeling a little same as Paulette.
8: <laughs> oh, so. so, mayor. Yes, if if I could, I would uh, like to amend Jenny's motion that we strike the first offending part uh, about needing whatever to do the picture and we uh, put it on the agenda for next week uh, with the copy with her highlighted changes just and so that we can ex- expedite uh, its acceptance but not, not finalize it tonight.
1: Yep. Yet I agree that we need to get children to sign up for needing Chromebook, so yeah, I don't know the right answer. Um,
6: just Mayor,
1: bring it through, Member McLaughlin. Okay.
2: I am okay. I generally would be of the same uh, mindset in terms of just having some time for process and you know to be able to uh, send it and review it for next week. But I think given the time frame that we have here and clearly. This was had to be an overspending or something because I can't imagine that anyone would exchange you know pictures of their children for use of the computer or Chromebook um, in in being reasonable. So I think I'm okay with um, moving this forward, especially given the time frame. So that's sort of my two cents.
4: Oh,
1: if you could put it on page one member Graham while member Kretz speaks please thank you yep
4: yep thanks yep so I'm okay with striking the the language that um Ms. Graham has put here um I do think that in the future we do need to start sending Documents like this through the policies subcommittee. Um, I know that's what was done before where we would have subcommittee meetings to review policies Um, But I understand that, you know, we need to get These students need to get their Chromebooks So I do think that we need to expedite a vote tonight so that we can get students can get Chromebooks and they can feel safe getting them Mayor Member Vandekloot?
8: Can I ask a member of the administration just to weigh in? And, and um, again, I'm being very honest here. You know, I can't literally see all the changes that were made because I've got this teeny tiny writing. I don't know what happened. Uh, is there, Does this seem all consistent with what we want to do and say? And has, uh, should we just go ahead uh, this evening or is there reason to review for any other reason?
1: And why was the language for the internet struck just out of curiosity?
8: So all of
12: these bullets were just moved to the bottom here because up here it read as though we were expecting the student to sign off on this, which they can't. They're not 18. Um, So instead I said, I have reviewed the below responsibilities with my child and they are the same exact bullets with the exception of the highlighted yellow words which just adds an acknowledgement of the fact that there are both parents and caregivers in our midst.
14: Can can I, can I step in for a second? This is uh, Holly Laden again. So I just want to give a little bit of background on this. So this is the policy that parents sign each year at the beginning of the year, and we don't take separate pieces out, which is why some of it doesn't seem to align with specific situation right now for each use of the technology. So it's, Covers all those uses, and the technology teachers review these acceptable, responsible use policies with the students at the beginning of the school year. And that's why it's written as I will use this. It's not a matter of their consent, their families, their parents sign the consent, but the students are reviewed and they also sign it in the course of the technology curriculum. So they understand acceptable use, responsible use of technology, of the internet, safe use of the internet, the, the kinds of expectations, behavioral expectations of using it. So it's both used for teaching, uh, effective use of technology, responsible use, as well as parent consent. So some of the things, so the specific image issue can certainly be taken out and put into a um, a media photo release. It was in there mostly for like classroom websites. If they're being posted on there, there'd be no identifying information, but there might be an image. So that could be taken out, but it was covering all the electronic use, all the all the digital use of all these pieces, of you know, having an email, of using the internet, of having being part of a class website, if there's images being posted for that. So it can certainly easily be taken out um, for the purposes of this, and then it needs to be reconsented when they go in and are using. actual devices in the school because those things are, in fact, things that will will need to be in there. Even if that media piece is out, the photos are out, these other pieces in terms of appropriate language and um, safe use of the internet are things that will still be in place when they walk back into the school and use technology in the school building. So that's sort of the background of this. So this was reviewed several years ago and then it was re-reviewed in March of 2019. Um, And then approved then so we certainly can revisit it and for the sake of time We could certainly take those pieces out those sentences out of both the k-5 to and the secondary um, And and leave those out and then revisit the other pieces if you want.
13: Thank you molly. can I uh, jump in for a second, please?
1: Yes Mr. Murphy,
13: thank you. Um, I think to the specific question as to the administration's position on on the proposed policy I, I I think there's a couple of points. One, the the language has changed is is likely not problematic. The curriculum piece that Ms. Ladin was just speaking to, the, we can develop that and make sure that students continue to have that instructional opportunity of seeing, uh, you know, understanding their rights and responsibilities as uh, someone who's in possession of technology. I think the important point that uh, I, I it may have been mentioned, and I apologize if I missed it, is that as even with this policy in place, uh, the we are get based on the fact that it was clearly uh, uh, being um, uh, applied in a circumstances that were not contemplated at that time. We are not refusing technology to anyone on the basis of, of that, of the problematic provision. Um, that being said, I don't know of any reason, I haven't heard anything in tonight's conversation that would suggest that you can't um, pass this. I think that the piece that we're going to have to consider, assuming that you do, is that we're going to have to uh, create some other type of affirmative waiver that's disseminated to families so that people can uh, essentially opt out of the um, the, the privacy uh, components, which is typically what districts do, is that um, there's a it is a standing policy that the, the child's likeness may be used, but uh, their each family is then given the opportunity to essentially um, put a disclaimer that says that they don't want their child's likeness used. Absent this, and if this is being used as broadly as as my understanding is. That it's being used, we'll need to uh, issue some other type of reverse waiver to make sure that we have that um, liability protection, and we can and we can do that, and that and that will be fine. So, based on all of that, I don't see any reason why you why you couldn't pass it. There's just a few other things that we'll have to do um, as a result of the the new policy being adopted.
1: Okay, okay. Mayor, I. Who was that?
12: Sorry. It was me. Honestly, if we're not going to, if you guys don't want to pass this language, fine, but we shouldn't talk about it next week because it's band-aid language on a policy that needs to be wholesale rewritten. I was just simply trying to clean it up and make it look a little bit more in alignment with our current situation. But if we're not like, I don't think it's worth our time next week to look at a band-aid when the real answer is to bring both policies to the policy committee and let them do the real work of creating a single policy or policies, like whatever it is. So if you just want to strike the two sentences, that's fine. We need to strike them and then we need to let people know that this is no longer in the acceptable use policy so that the people who are very upset about this and blowing up my phone last weekend when that came out, um, can feel comfortable that they can sign up for a Chromebook now. And I know we're not refusing anybody on this grounds. But as a parent, if you are not comfortable with your child's picture being out on the internet, you're not signing this as it's written. So my recommendation would be just to strike these two things and send it to the policy committee and ask that these things be looked at more closely before they're distributed in the future.
13: So I think then, and Mayor, just very quickly, uh, I think what you'd be voting on essentially would would be to waive that component of the policy for purposes of the technology distribution. And that action would be something very easy, frankly, to communicate to community members who are concerned about this. And then the policy subcommittee can do the work of, of drafting a policy that is responsive to all the various situations that we've discussed tonight.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Motion for approval. By member Rousseau, seconded by Second. Grace. Jenny Graham. Yeah, Mitch, M- Member Graham, roll call.
8: Uh, Jenny Graham. Yes. Uh, Kathy, Chris. Yes. Mia. Yes. yes. Melanie. Yes. Paul. Yes. Paulette, yes. Mayor. Yes, seven of the affirmative,
1: zero in the negative the paper passes. Um, next, we have three condolences. Be it resolved that the Medford School Committee express its sincere condolences to the family of Joan N. Murray, aunt of former school committee member Aaron Benedetto. Be it resolved that the Medford School Committee express its sincere condolences to the family of Wayne Sargent. Mr. Sargent was a former Medford Vocational Technical High School HVAC, metal fab teacher, and an avid supporter of the MBTA. And last, be it resolved, the member school committee expresses sincere condolences to the family of Joan Alstrom, aunt of school committee member, Kathy Kretz. If we may take a moment of silence. Thank you your motion on the floor to adjourn motion to adjourn by member rousseau seconded by
8: second everybody roll call on the motion uh jenny graham yes kathy Kretz. yes Mia stone yes melanie mclaughlin yes paul rousseau yes paulette vanderclute yes mayor van may Mayor, mayor Brianna, whatever
1: Lungo. Yes. Lungo current, Yes. 70 from zero to the negative. Thank you, everybody.